Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hostess. Hey guys! This week, we are very excited to get into Disney's Cinderella, uh, which is, I think, the first of many live actions live action that yeah. um, Disney greenlit and... Mm-hmm started mass producing (laughs) um (laughs) it was probably one of the better ones um at least in my opinion i think a lot of the the more recent ones have definitely been they've come across i think as like cash grabs in the sense that the quality i think has kind of suffered although to be fair no offense i don't think like the standards were set very high for any of the live actions but i feel like a couple of them I mean, yes. I feel like a couple of them were at least enjoyable. This was one of them. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, some of the more recent ones, like I didn't, I haven't seen a lot of the more recent ones, to be fair. So it's kind of hard for me to judge. But just in terms of interest in mm-hmm. some of the more recent live actions, I feel like that has definitely waned. Whereas, like when this movie came out, and it was, I think, the first it time Disney had thing. done, yeah, yeah, because it was the first time Disney had done a live action based on one of their original classics. And I think we were all kind of curious, and I think a lot of people recognized it as like a, a money grab sort of thing. It <laughs> kind Disney of didn't really is. need to do it. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I mean, I think this is one of those movies that turned out a little bit better, maybe, than some of the other recent live actions. But um, before we get into that, uh, just our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimer, this movie did come out in 2015, so it's been a minute. Um, But we are going to be getting into spoilery territory for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Um, But before we even actually get into talking about the movie, Mm -hmm. we have a really quick sort of update from... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Like a sort of interlude or whatever you want to call it um Mm -hmm. from an earlier episode we did um and so i think this is way back i don't even know what episode number this is but way back in the summer of 2022 um it was a while ago um i think think it was like august sometime in august i don't know the dates yeah i can't (laughs) remember either it's been a while guys it's been a while yeah but yeah but um a while back we talked about dc and all the changes they were going through and some of the decisions they were making and how we were not a fan (laughs) but uh since then um dc has new two sorry two new (laughs) ceos Um, new management new management yeah pretty much yeah they have new management they have new plans they have a new slate and as of our posting of this episode they have officially announced i think they're equivalent of of like phase one yeah yes Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think they've announced what is it like 10 projects or something approximately yeah yeah so um that's something new um I don't know if it's exciting exactly, because well, so <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think for us at least, it was. I think we we wanted to be optimistic, but just given DC's track record, it it's, it's kind a of little... underwhelming at this point. Yeah, um, and also I'm kind. Of, I think, but when we talked about this off recording, we were kind of disappointed in the fact that. Gal in Henry's fu- Henry's future as Superman has been canned as of right now. We don't know if he'll ever reprise the role. As of right now, it's a no. With Gal Gadot, uh, it's just like, 
uh, James was just like, we've talked with her, we're looking into it kind of deal. But all and and fine, they're entitled to negotiate and figure out what storylines would be best for them to, you know, go with or whatever. But the fact that they didn't outright cancel the Flash after all the controversy Ezra Miller has been put through or has brought upon themselves <laughs> is shocking to me. And what did you think of that? Because I am not a fan of yeah. that particular move, to be honest. I mean, I, I think we mentioned this before, but I feel like it would have been nicer if... DC or Warner Brothers as a corporation mm. kind of either let and or maybe I don't want to say forced but if, if they created an environment in which Ezra Miller had to focus on their well-being first and then make movies I feel yeah. like that would have been nice but yeah. worst case scenario or like the least I feel like they could have done was if they were hesitant to cut the Flash movie entirely because they'd already sunk a bunch of money into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they were going to be dumb about it in the sense like they've already like they had sunk a bunch of money into Batgirl and they were still OK with canceling it. Yeah. Um, I can understand the Flash being maybe a movie with a larger budget than Batgirl. So if they Which didn't want to cancel it, I feel like whatever. Okay. <laughs> a little, yeah. But I feel like if they didn't want to cancel it, the least they could have well, done would have been works, like But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like they could have just said, Okay, we're not gonna work with Ezra Miller anymore and this is gonna be like the last movie that they're involved in. Yeah. And then just recast or something. Yeah. But yeah, the thing that kind of I, I mean, I don't really know if a, if it's my place to be, like, concerned or whatever, or B, if it really even I... matters in the grand scheme of things, but I just find it very weird mm-hmm. that DC is, like, or, like, James Gunn and Peter Safraner have just been, like, well, we're open to reevaluating Ezra's involvement at a later point when they've progressed in their recovery or something to that effect, and That's it's, like... That's BS, bro. Don't do it. I mean, Sorry. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's just like, it just seems a little weird when we have, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know, like, I I guess it's it's a thing, like, mental health affects everybody differently, everybody's journey is different, yeah. and everybody's recovery is different. And it's not even different. linear, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't, again, I don't even really know if it's my place to, like, feel anything no, about this see, or like have an opinion on this but it's just saying, like it would yeah. be weird to to have like Ezra Miller go through this supposed recovery thing as like 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 to I don't I don't know if any of this makes sense but it, it shouldn't just because they're committed to Ezra Miller as the Flash they shouldn't force them to like speed through recovery or whatever that's like one you said, it's thing. not linear yeah. um, and everybody's journey is different too so like they I would hope that they're not like okay I'm gonna like check into a rehab or whatever or oh, go yeah. to therapy or mm-hmm. do these things so that in like six weeks I can go back to playing Flash the that's Flash. not it see that's fine that you are absolutely right about that but what baffles me more about all of this is that actually good actors who are willing to give their all to this to their characters and already have are not being given another chance their futures are like hanging in the balance but this person is and again like you said I don't 
if they're seeking help, great. Good for them. They need it. <laughs> Absolutely. All that is fine. But don't cancel viable projects and then say, no, we can't sink this one project and we'll see it. We'll see what yeah. this what the main star of this does, even though they've been embroiled in all sorts of weird controversies, uh, like recently. That doesn't make yeah, any no, sense. Yeah, no, that bit especially is, like, very weird because, no offense to Ezra Miller, but I would imagine that at the moment, Henry Cavill would be a bigger box office draw than yeah. Ezra Miller because, like, yes. personally... I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but if I had to watch a movie, if I had to pick one movie to watch and one was with Henry Cavill and one was with Ezra Miller, I'm picking the one with Henry Cavill. I'm sorry, no disrespect to Ezra Miller, but they're involved in some stuff and I hope they're getting help and recovering and all of that. All those things, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I I just, for whatever reason, and there are a number of them, I would pick the one with Henry Cavill. So I just find it very weird that... Warner Brothers and or DC has like kind of cut ties with him and it just it's one of those things too it's baffling but yeah I I just feel bad for him because it seems like despite how Man of Steel turned out and despite the version of the character he played it seemed like he really liked playing Superman and he He wasn't given the chance to play the kind of Superman that he wanted to play and that Mm -hmm. I blame on Zack Snyder I will say it outright. I blame Zack Snyder for that. I really do. Sorry. Yeah, it just seems like they had very different visions mm-hmm. as to what the character should be. Mm-hmm. And I think Henry's still, from what I understand, it seems like he still enjoyed playing the version of Superman that we got. But that was not the version of Superman that he really wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And somebody with like very minimal knowledge of Superman and the character's backstory, I think I would have preferred the character that or like the version of the character that I think Henry had envisioned for the role and not the version we got. Because it wasn't terrible, but I personally felt like it could have been better. No, Um, we we talked about this, Cass. Uh, You and I have talked (laughs) about this and uh, we have opinions. Let's just say that. (laughs) Yes, we do. But I mean, I don't know. I think DC, like, they took a long time to make this plan. It seems like they have a plan, Mm -hmm. but I guess now it's just a waiting game to see how things unfold. But um, we are getting a new Superman movie as part of the new DCU. Yes, like, There's also going to be one or two Batman movies. I think one is going to be like a new reboot. And then one is going to be... For the Bat family. Yeah. One is with the Bat family. And then the other is mm -hmm. uh, the Batman part two with Robert Pattinson. Batman. Again, ah, they have DC has a Batman problem, yo. I'm sorry, <laughs> it really does. I love Batman as a character. It, no offense at all. I, it's it's a great character. It's iconic, and I, there, there's no no mistaking that, right? But the problem is, we've had so many iterations of Batman that we. I'm kind of like, okay, so which one are you 
going forward with now kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot. Although, to be fair, I feel like you could kind of say the same. Like, there's a bunch of different iterations of Spider-Man, too, both, like, in the comics and well... on the big screen. But I feel like there's still... I'm biased towards one <laughs> right now, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... I don't think DC would ever do... Or maybe they would, actually. I, I honestly don't know. But I don't know that they would ever do sort of like a No Way Home style thing where all the Batmans I don't think they somehow can. in the same timeline. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's something in the DC canon that would let them. I don't know. No, but, DC canon um, has it. I'm not sure if these guys will be capable of doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I'm, maybe not. Who knows? I, I was that, was that to tell. mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, also, think... also, James Gunn, Peter Safran. If you want a proper Flash, Grant Gustin is right there. He's played the Flash <laughs> for nine fucking seasons on a TV show, and he's done a good job of it. If Ezra Miller's yeah. a problem, he's right there. Just yeah, saying. That's, that's the other thing, too. Like, I can understand them saying, we're going to wait till Ezra is like fully recovered, whatever that is before discussing specifics on their involvement but in the interim if you need somebody like you said grand gustin is right there and he's cute i mean <laughs> he's, he's been playing flash for so long i feel like yeah. it wouldn't be that big of an issue to bring him over from movie to tv no but, it would be great um, actually yeah i guess also, we're just gonna have to wait and see also they're doing a supergirl movie so again melissa benoist is right there i'm sorry if i butchered her name but she's done an awesome job as uh um kara in the <laughs> um in the show i'm sure she'd do great in the in in whatever dc has planned now but We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I I did read um uh like I don't even know if it's a rumor because I just saw it and I kept scrolling on 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 my feed, mm -hmm. but I did see somewhere that apparently DC or James Gunn and Peter Safran have decided that one actor will or or one character will be cast or played by the same person throughout all of the DCU and I thought that meant like they weren't gonna allow like you know how in the MCU like uh, Gemma Chan has played both Minerva oh, and yeah. Captain Marvel and Cersei mm -hmm. in Eternals. I thought they they were yeah. preventing actors from doing that, but I read apparently that it's like if they cast a person for a role and that same character appears in both movie and TV, the same actor is going to play them across both movie and TV, yeah. which will be interesting, I guess. Um, I just I, I don't know quite how they're going to tie everything together if they even are mm -hmm. um because it took marvel i think a long time to get into tv in oh yeah but i the think they got it now TV, like 2021 was their first tv venture mm -hmm. part which was part of the mcu because i think of course they did agents of shield a while ago but that was i think pretty much the only mm, Show well, they had, had like the Netflix ones, threads. yeah. Yeah, they, they had, had like the Jessica Iron Jones Fist and like and Luke Jessica Cage, and, Jones yeah. And Luke Cage. yeah, those things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, and, until recently, like they didn't fully integrate both their TV and movie universe, and it looks like 
DC is now trying to do that, which hopefully they don't lose the quality from their TV universe because I think the quality of the TV shows is a lot better than the quality of the movies. No, as of right now, yes, you are correct about that. <laughs> so um, hopefully they don't they don't lose any of that. But um, I don't know. I mean, there's a number of projects that they mentioned in the list. I think of all of them, there was probably only like one that. I was really excited for or looking forward to. Were there any that you were looking forward to or anticipating? Not really. I'm being <laughs> brazenly honest right now. No, Not I mean, really. that's fair. I think for me I'm I'm just cautiously optimistic about the Wonder Woman series. I oh, know it's I... not with Diana, but the only thing that kind of worries me about that is the description says it's a Game of Thrones like. Yeah, that's not that a good series. thing. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. Um I mean to each their own Game of Thrones wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't but also my I know that it ended on a very like low note for the oh, fans. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> There was a lot the of Wonder Woman two series. PM, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hopefully that doesn't happen. We've had with, with, that of that with some shows, but that's another yeah, kind yeah, of worm. I mean, um, <laughs> oh God. I it's, it's a mix of like some that shows. Kind of worms. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I think we've ranted about it enough off recording, and it'll probably yeah. like those will stay off recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's always going to be some shows that just like they build up all this amazing stuff and they just kind of fall flat and then there's other shows that um do it well and do it right and it's like they're just gems <laughs> and it's really hard to like watch those and not get emotional every time because they're so good oh god yes yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so true um but speaking of cast announcements we got a few really exciting cast announcements for another franchise that we really enjoy uh, and are actually looking forward to but i don't know if we should do that here or wait for another time for that um I mean, in, in the spirit of updates why not <laughs> okay let's do it because yeah, guys when we were doing the podcast for the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series, we told you that there's going to be a TV show that Rick is very involved in. And oh my God, the casting updates for these uh, for the show have been phenomenal, to say the least. So come on, Walker Scoville as Percy. Awesome. Love it. It's great. He has the right attitude, like, in the sense that when I watch him in interviews, you can tell that he can do Percy justice. <laughs> and then there's Leah as Annabeth. Like, yes, thank you. <laughs> awesome stuff. Really cool. I'm very excited. Yes, very excited. It'll be great. Um, and then there's Aryan Samhadri as Grover. Again, I haven't seen him in anything else. To be fair, um, I haven't seen any of the these I've kids seen in anything. Walker. I've seen Walker um, in the Adam Project. He was great. Oh, sorry, he was in that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he like. <laughs> no offense to the movie cast. <laughs> no, 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 no. But this is just the cast this is so wasn't much the better casting. <laughs> No, it That's wasn't. But thing. also, like they, they, there were things that they obviously couldn't control. Their age being mm -hmm. one of them. But I just think yeah. for the movies, it was kind of 
an odd choice to age the characters up. Oh god, and I yes. think part I, of it was have, just because I, like we've talked about that because yeah, he's... I feel like the only reason they did it is because somebody saw Logan Lerman and was like, he would make a great Percy, and he, and he would, would have. But the problem was like, he would have made a great Percy in like the Heroes of Olympus, like when they cast him, he was like Good eighteen, point. nineteen, or something, and like he was just he like not that he couldn't pull off a younger Percy, but I don't think the script did them any favors. No. <laughs> no offense. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, again, like you said, the cast was not the issue. Like, I mean, them as actors is not the issue. It was just a weird choice on the part of, like, the writers and the directors, I guess, to age the characters up just so that they could make use of the cast. And that's not really <laughs> castful. Excuse I feel me. like they did the best yeah, with no. yeah. what they could or what they got <laughs> absolutely but, but let's um, talk about the gods <laughs> yes let's talk about the gods um i think uh if i'm butchering these names forgive me uh timothy um uh what is his last name i can't pronounce Omerton? his last name yes Omerton. yeah i think he was in sight if that's correct i apologize no, no yeah he was in sight he, he was the police character in psych um and uh, he's playing Hephaestus, which is awesome. Um, again, I keep, Joe Duplass, I think, is his name. This guy's playing Hades. Um, again, <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything else, uh, unfortunately, and I'm looking forward to seeing him as Hades. It'll be great. Um, I've seen the guy who I, I, I the guy who plays Charon. I've seen him in How to Get Away with Murder and some other good stuff. He would he'd be great. Who's the actor? Do you remember the actor's name? No, I'm blanking. I, I'm blanking out on him. But he's he's a very um he, he's a very versatile actor. I've seen him in he played a he played a a, a very intense character with dementia in How to Play How to Get Away with Murder, and then. I think he was also in Marini's Black Bottom. Uh, he was one of the <laughs> band members there. In that, he played a very different role. So I'm I'm super confident in like he's he he'd do awesome. I'm sure he would. But Jason Matsukas, he would be perfect for Mister D. Like I've seen him in The Good Place. He is insane, insane. Yeah, it's comedic. The timing. only one weirdly that I'm kind of iffy about, and not yeah. so much. From like an ability point of view, but more no. just like, is this person a good fit for the character? Is Lin Manuel Miranda as her Exactly. That's the only thing. The he's that's the only casting actor, is and like, he's a phenomenal musician and all that. Yes. I just don't know. I almost feel like would it have been better to make him Apollo if they wanted to cast right? him as a god? That would like, be perfect. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it, my input means nothing, but no. just putting that out there. But the big one I think that I'm really excited for yeah. is um, Lance Reddick as Zeus. Right! Oh. Oh my God. Like, when I saw that, I was just like, Silence! He's been in other things. Too, but, like, that's the one yeah. role that, like... If, if only Ashley Burns so were some role. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. You know what? Like, I feel like if this might be like weird, but if like they could get her to play like Demeter or Persephone, mm-hmm. just like the dry, witty bit, like I don't even know it's witty, just like the banter that they have off of each other when it's like, especially um, 
anytime they like talk about Nico or they interact with Nico, Oh god. Demeter and Persephone just have like the funniest Yeah. lines. That would be awesome. Yeah. The last update I think we have is Adam Copeland is Ares. And I think he was part of the WWE at some point, if I'm not wrong. But Yeah, he, I don't know for he looks sure, like a but perfect fit, I have to say. Um, I think just casting wise have been very on point. Um, Yeah. did we mention Poseidon? Toby Stevens Not is Poseidon. yet. Toby Stevens is beside. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. And I was shocked to know that he's <laughs> Dame Maggie Smith's son. right. Like, what? I'm just like my mind is blown. Exactly. I I did not know that, but um. I mean, yeah, I think I didn't it's, know it's, that either. it, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen anything he's in. I don't know. I need to check out his filmography, Yeah. but I don't believe I've seen anything he's No. in, but I'm looking forward Oh, to seeing I've him seen as him Poseidon. in Die Another Day. I saw him in Die Another Day. Okay. I, Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, but maybe there's something else he's been in that I've seen, but I'm looking forward to seeing him as Poseidon. I am Weirdly too. enough though, I think um, it was in I Black think, Sails, which is again a pirate thing. He Anyway. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just very curious because I think the official Percy Jackson account tweeted that if a particular character has not, like if their casting has not been revealed, then they're not appearing in season one. But to my knowledge, Athena has not been cast. And I would And imagine. she appears in season... She appears in The Lightning Thief. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's very brief, because I don't think she talks to Percy in The Lightning Thief. Does she? He's, Not, I don't think so, not directly, but she is featured, like, in, in the end when they go up to Olympus, he's in she's the in council. a council room. Yeah. And I think Percy notes that, like, there's a goddess that looks a lot like Annabeth, or Annabeth looks Mm a lot like a particular goddess, and -hmm. Mm. I think he sees her. But I don't think, I mean, even if there is conversation, it would be very, very brief. I have I wouldn't a, imagine I have that very, they would do, like... I have a very particular fan casting for Athena, but I'll leave Yes. that for another time. <laughs> I think you and I both <laughs> have the same one, and it would be amazing to see it come true, but... oh God, yes. Whether or Um, not they do that is a different I, story. I'm putting that out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, let's see. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of updates between both the DC slate being announced, uh, some Percy Jackson casting being announced. I don't Yep, know. I'm yep, very, yep. very excited for the Percy Jackson series just because those books are such Phenomenal. amazing books. They're so much fun to read. Yes. Yeah. And it would be so cool to see a TV series done And done well Well, and done well, I yeah. think with Rick involved with you know his wife involved and I think even with the amount <laughs> of excitement and love the cast has shown for this series oh my god, already I forgot about it's Charlie so Bushnell. promising oh my god yeah you're right I mean there's so many I don't think we've covered Yeah, everybody in this little yeah. mini I update think but I think the closer we get to the release date, we're gonna do another podcast altogether for this because we have to at that point. We're gonna have to. Uh, Oh yeah, we're going to be revisiting it, and we still have Heroes of Olympus on the docket. <laughs> oh it was yeah, just oh my a god, huge undertaking because it's just it it's is a it's pretty an amazing big. series. So much fun, but there's Yep. so much going on, and we could easily just turn it into its own separate podcast if we Mm really -hmm. wanted to. Absolutely. Um, in any case.
those are our updates, guys. We're super excited for the these casting announcements, at least for the Percy Jackson series. DC, we're like, we'll see where we'll it wait goes, to see. kind of thing. We'll wait and <laughs> wait see. Wait and see it. Thank you. <laughs> so if you've stuck around with us up until now, thank you. We appreciate the fact that you've stuck around with us for our rantings about our updates. But now we're actually going to get into the movie itself, Cinderella. Uh, I think the reason we did this is because there's not much that changes in this movie uh, <laughs> from the actual story itself because it's it's a pretty it's a pretty similar story, right? It's just uh, this girl who lived with her father, her uh, her, uh, her, her actually her parents, and then the mother fell ill, and the and the father remarried and the stepmother and her daughters turned out to be really shitty people. <laughs> um, I think this goes a little more in depth into uh, how all of that happened um, and what formed Cinderella's character. And there's more to her character than, than just like Oh my god, if I meet the prince, if I meet the love of my life, my life will be better kind of thing. It, it was more than that, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to talk about the casting, because it was actually pretty perfect, to be honest with you. Because, mm -hmm. again, Lily James is amazing. I've seen her in Downton Abbey, I've seen her in a few other movies. Um, she's done a phenomenal job, actually. She has a good slate of projects that... Um, I mean, solidify her uh, work, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately for me with Richard Madden, after I watched The Eternals, he's been ruined for me. Um, but again, he, he does his job well, is all <laughs> I can say. Um, but the most exciting part of this is Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine. I love Kate Blanchett. She's awesome. Her her work is again phenomenal. Um <laughs> and this is just she she has I, I can't even say I can't even explain it because when you want her to play someone good and so wholesome, she can do that. She's done that, right? <laughs> but then she when has. you want her to play something someone like this. She plays it so well that you want to hate that character so much. But then it's Kate Blanchett and she's she's wholesome. She's she's she jokes around when she's like on her own. And it's like ridiculous. You can't hate the woman, but the way she plays the character, you're like, how does she do this? It's insane. I know. Yeah, no, she's yeah. amazing. And I'm I was pleasantly surprised to see that they managed to get her for this movie. Not yeah. that she wouldn't do it. I just no. assumed she would have had like a million other things to, to do before this movie. Mm -hmm. But um correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Haley Atwell also in this movie? She was, mother? she was the mother. Yes. She was she only had like a brief uh cameo like, yeah, and early, the mother dies. Because yeah. yeah. that's the way Cinderella story goes, unfortunately. unfortunately yes. But that was um it was really Really interesting to see her and mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. uh wasn't sophie mcshira one of the sisters from downton abbey she played i think so. Daisy, the maid yeah been a minute it's been a while um, yeah 
but yeah I mean like they had like really stellar casting but I think regardless of the quality of their movies I think Disney has always been pretty good with their casting so Yeah. nothing else um the the cast is great and Yep. you can enjoy I think their performances in, in most of the movies even if the script leaves something to be desired Yeah. <laughs> but I think um this movie well I mean there's been a bunch of adaptations of the original version of Oh, Cinderella Cinderella, not yes. modern ones but um Forget ones the, that oh are my in God, the modern ones. <laughs> I mean I'm talking I, like the the weird like tv movie ones like a Cinderella story another Cinderella story like those ones like they've tried those to are adapt like, the yeah, mm -hmm. they've just tried I've to adapt always the been story partial to for Ella Enchanted, <laughs> forgive me. oh yeah I mean Ella Enchanted <laughs> is a great story and yeah. I don't know what people think of the movie but it had Anne Hathaway in it and I loved Anne Hathaway And Hugh so Dancy, I loved it help me. yeah <laughs> and uh, Mini Driver and uh, yeah I mean the movie like that movie had great casting too but Yeah, for another charming. time Yeah, <laughs> that's another yeah time. um, Yeah. but I don't know like there's been like a whole slew of like modern retellings of the story which is fine I don't have an issue with those but I think what I appreciate about this movie was that they didn't try and I guess like overcomplicate the No, backstory they didn't. to a bunch of the characters like they up created the duke i think in the sense like he now is a little bit more shady and he's got like a plan and all Yeah. these things which i think Yeah. like that worked because to be honest i was honestly surprised that the animated version that Mm hmm. Oh my god, the didn't grand they get duke Stellan was able to do Skarsgård it in for that? i think so yeah Oh my god. i believe so i know he was in the cast i can't i believe He it was was the in... Duke. <laughs> Or yeah he was someone who was plotting against, he, he was making alliances on the prince's behalf behind his back, basically. Yeah, that was the Duke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um I just I I I don't know. Like the I haven't seen the most recent version, the Amazon version with Camila Cabello. I've seen like part of it. Oh I god. could not get Dude, through it. I I like I was had a little to sleep. watch I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, again, I watched it on on my flight back because I couldn't sleep on the flight and that put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah it put me to sleep too so I just like Mhm. Mm I Again, haven't they seen got it Idina they couldn't Menzel. They couldn't use her. Are you kidding me? yeah I think for me the really jarring thing was like they just kept singing pop songs Oh and God, then they had yeah. like That was um true. That's true. I don't know like the, like weird things where it's like Ella wanted to be a dressmaker which would have been fine but it was like a very weird way of trying to go about it I don't know I didn't finish the movie uh, not officially but Don't 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 put yourself through that. Don't I'm sorry do it. I, I couldn't No, don't do it. Okay, back to this version, which is kind of a good uh I mean, I'm not again, this this is a story that's been told like multiple times. So it's not like we are unfamiliar with the story. But there are a few good things uh that um this movie does. Like Before she die, before she dies, Cinderella. Uh, her name is Ella. Basically, it's not even Cinderella. It's Ella, and she's like uh, her mother is like. You have more kindness in your little finger than most people do in their entire body. Keep that. 
and have courage and be kind. That is how you'll navigate this world, is what she told her. And Ella has lived by that principle all her life. And <laughs> that's something that stuck with her, which is fine. Um, and and then and then when her dad is like, "Hey, I uh, he he doesn't want to exclude his daughter from his life. It, it's just it, it's just that." I want to be happy again. I'm alone right now. Wouldn't you? Uh, and then Ella's like, if it makes you happy, sure, marry this woman. It's fine. And that's what ends up happening. He marries Lady Tremaine because she's lost her husband too. And she's, I think she's been, uh, I think she's uh, bitter about that because whatever her faults are now, she did love her husband, had a family with him, and she lost him. Um, so there's that portion that that we'll talk about later. But and up on and what she looks at is the fact that there's too much of Ella's mother in the house, and what Ella <laughs> represents to her is the reminder that she will never be the true mistress of that house. There's always going to be a reminder. So I think they made a nice twist. Of, I wouldn't say twist exactly because Lady Tremaine in the original story is evil for the sake of being evil. And maybe that's the yeah. case here, but there's a little bit of nuance to it in this movie. What did you think? I mean, I liked it. I think, I don't know if... if... In the, in the animated version, Lady Tremaine is evil for the sake of being evil. She's just not really given a backstory beyond no, just not. like, right. you know, mm -hmm. Cinderella's mother died and her father married this woman who became her yes. stepmother. Yep. And, you know, it like the animated version is just like, well, Lady Tremaine had two daughters who were like vain little girls and she just yeah. indulged them too much and yep. she hated Cinderella and it mm -hmm. doesn't really question why yeah. or it doesn't even... It doesn't go into it, really. Like, yeah. So yeah. it was nice to see in this movie, at least they gave Lady Tremaine somewhat of a backstory, however yep. small that backstory might be. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just really nice to see, I think, the characters be a little bit more flushed out. Like, Again, it's we don't need, I think, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, too, like, there's this, I don't know if it's a trend or, I guess, a desire sometimes for writers on movies like this mm -hmm. especially when they're remaking classics to try and update it or modernize it mm. and that works in certain movies in but i think if they stories, yeah yeah i think if they had tried to do it in this movie it just i don't know that it would have worked <laughs> i agree with you there and uh i also want to talk about the whole um unfortunately uh, we know how the story pans out um he, uh, Cinderella's dad dies when he's on a business trip uh, or something like that and uh, Lady Tremaine takes over the house which caught and then that's when her mistreatment of Ella actually starts and that causes her daughters to mistreat Ella as well it shows how she gets the name Cinderella because she's been you know moved to the attic where everything is just like filled with soot and all those things and then uh, it's just it's a sad thing to see but it, it fleshes it out a little bit and Ella through all of this remembers what her mother told her because she's taken that to heart have courage and be kind there's nothing 
you can't do if you have those two things is what she believes which is a nice thing to have but do girl stand up for yourself sometimes come on look. anyway yeah i mean i think if you look at it from like a modern point of view then yeah most of us would be like just stop working and lady tremaine and your stepsisters have to fend for themselves like Yeah. i mean especially in this movie because um i think the movie frames it as like after cinderella's father dies uh to cut back on costs lady tremaine just fires all the staff in the household Mm. That is very and yeah, that forces is correct. everything on on ella That so it's is like correct. if you don't do Yes. the work they're gonna have to start doing some of it because Yeah. they otherwise like they're not gonna be able to live <laughs> Yep. not the way they're used to Not the so way they're used um to. yeah it, it would have been nice to see her stand up for herself but also i think in this version it, it kind of explains why or not i don't want to say explains but i think it gives better Context? like sort of or like almost like better logic as to why ella just stayed in that position because there's a scene later in the movie where when she meets the prince for the first time and they're talking he's obviously you know he doesn't tell her he's the prince and she he's like i live in the castle and she's like Mm -hmm. oh yep do they treat you well and then he asks about how she's being treated at home and she says like oh well you know my family loves me as well as they're able to and mm -hmm. it's just like i don't think they do and i think you're yeah selling yourself short but like yeah that's more a reflection on the type of people that they are and less of then you know yeah she's still trying to be kind about it which again girl i love that for you but Take care of yourself, too, is what I would have been saying. But Yeah, again, no, absolutely. uh, again, uh, let's talk about that, because she meets the prince. The prince is hunting a stag, and she basically doesn't... Uh, she makes a good point. Just because it's something that, that's been done doesn't mean it's right, is what she tells him about hunting the stag. And he takes that to heart. And that's how he's like, Uh okay, I like this girl. What's going on with her? And then and then he goes back to the palace where his dad is like dying and he's like you have to choose a wife before I die. I want to leave this kingdom with you and when I do, I need to make sure that you're settled in and in that time I think settled in meant married, which is yeah, okay. Yes, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about uh, that. That's 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 a whole other thing, and that's how the whole Yeah. ball comes to be. He's like, "How do you? Uh, okay, uh, if you want to hold the ball, uh, let let's invite everyone from the kingdom. I want everyone from the kingdom to be here, and this is mainly because he likes this one particular girl who, and he wants her to be at that ball. Um, and the only way that's gonna happen is if he invites everybody." basically Right. And I think also when he and Ella met the first time, he never got Ella's name. no So he has no way of contacting her. So he's he's just like, if I want to see her again, I have to invite every single woman in the kingdom. And so it kind of follows the traditional movie plot in that all the women in the kingdom are invited. yep Um, and also I think like the bit with the king being unwell and wanting to have his son settled and everything before passing, it's like 
hinted at in the movie because mm. the king is really old in the animated version yeah. and he's constantly like you're gonna give me a heart attack i'm gonna die <laughs> but he's not actually like i don't think it's ever explicitly stated in the animated version that he's sick he's just old and he's like getting okay. on in years and so he's like yeah. i just want to i want if i'm gonna leave this world i want to leave knowing that you're happily married yeah and it's just um i mean i think you kind of have to overlook certain parts of the story in order for it to be enjoyable because it's a little bit weird that the, yeah. the king is like get married get married get married but at least he's nice enough to be like you can invite all of the maidens in the kingdom and you can pick whoever you want yeah but the thing is, the Duke is hatching his own plans because he's made a he's trying to make alliances to benefit himself uh, mm-hmm. on behalf of the prince behind the prince's back. So there's all of that going on. And in the meantime, when El- when they get the invite, Ella's like super excited about going because every woman in the kingdom's invited and she would like to go she 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 and this is where the difference comes into play she's like uh i'm okay with just having one day after if i have this one day i won't ask for anything else is what she says (laughs) pretty much and and she means it um but the thing is uh, and, and at first, uh, Lady Tremaine's like, fine, if you finish all your chores and have a suitable dress ready, sure, do it. And the thing is, Ella does end up, uh, you know, basically amending or mending her mother's old dress to fit her. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's good, it's, it's too good. For, for, for and uh, they all know that the prince is going to be choosing a bride, and he does, and they don't want Ella to be chosen, uh, especially not a, and Lady Tremaine doesn't want Ella to be chosen over her own daughters, so she kind of, she's kind of mean and ruins. Yeah, that there's no way to put it. Yeah. That, it- like even in the animated version when i saw it for the first time i always felt really really bad for her cuz yeah. like that was one of the last things i'm sure that she had of her mother yeah. and for it to just be so rudely destroyed like destroyed right in front is of correct. her yeah dude it's oh my just, god um, really depressing mm-hmm. um but also i mean in this version it's still just as depressing but i will say i feel like the one thing that this movie does that I don't even know if it does better than the animated version, but I think it just gives you more to think about is that mm-hmm. Lady Tremaine is very scheming. And I is. think part of it is that she's had to be because she doesn't have like she doesn't have a husband. Her girls are unmarried. She's yep. got a stepdaughter who's unfortunately for that time period, I would assume almost more like a liability or like mm-hmm. a a burden than an asset because yeah. it's one other person who's to under her care roof of. kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I yes. mean I wouldn't say that because she's not taking care of Ella. <laughs> she's forcing Ella to do all the work, but it's still, you know, somebody under her roof and she in, in a way Lady Tremaine has to kind of support her mm-hmm. like by doing the bare minimum and just giving her a roof over her head and like scraps yeah. off her table and that sort of thing but yeah i feel like this movie does make you think a little bit more about what it must have been like to be a woman at that time just because if you don't have somebody in your family who's earning money and bringing an income you, gotta you can't earn to... that income yourself yeah exactly yeah. 
and you have to resort to shady and or underhanded tactics to <laughs> get what you need. And, and that's what Lady I Tremaine's mean, been doing, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's probably, I'm sure, ways for her to like support her daughters otherwise. But a, a movie doesn't really explore them, and I think for the sake of the plot, it doesn't need to. Mm. But the few instances you do kind of see her scheming and plotting, I think it it the, the live action does a better job of making yeah. her slightly more sympathetic. A little totally. bit. Yeah, just very. very this small is me. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas, like in the animated version, she's just very, like. She just comes across as, like, very, like, cunning Conniving, and evil, yeah. just, yeah. yeah and there's no, like, reason behind it beyond just that Cinderella is very pretty and she wants her daughters to have the advantage over her. Yep. Um, whereas in this movie, it's, like, it's still more or less the same. It's pretty much the same thing, more... but it's different. There's a little more nuance to it, I'd say. Yeah, and I think a little bit more, like, logic behind why she's doing certain things a certain way yep. and again you're not entirely sympathetic to her plight i no. think but i think I, I definitely felt a little bit more sorry for the live action lady tremaine than i ever yeah. felt for the animated lady tremaine the animated um... lady tremaine was just like you don't feel sorry for her because she's living this in this you know huge house and she's got everything she could ever want mm -hmm. and it seems like she had enough money to pay for servants and whatnot but she's just forcing mm -hmm. cinderella to do everything and then she's yeah. complaining and it's like you have the means i just paid for a bunch of like servants or something yeah it probably wouldn't have been unusual for that time that's a different thing also i'm biased because it's kate blanchett oh yeah no that too <laughs> um anyway that's just me being biased about this whole thing. That's just me being super biased because it's Kate Blanchett. That's pretty much all I can say about that. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, uh, again, uh, the, I now want to get into the whole fairy godmother situation because it's demonstrated so well. Because after this, this one action, she's tired. Ella is tired. She's like... I know, I, I wish I could be kind and have patience, but I don't, I don't have any of that left in me. I don't think I do. And that's <laughs> when her fairy godmother appears. And guess who, who plays that character? Yes. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter, who is, right. I, I thought it was a very, like the first time they, or the first time I saw the movie, mm -hmm. I thought it was a very weird choice because I was so really? used to seeing her as like, well, because I had only seen her, yeah, I'd only <laughs> seen her in Harry Potter. Oh, and I don't yeah. think I'd seen her in anything else like prior to that. Mm. And since, you know, her, you know, bit as Bellatrix, <laughs> I've seen her in other things. But when this movie came out, I don't think I had seen her in anything other than the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, yeah. So I was like, that's a really weird, like, jump from evil sorceress to sparkly fairy godmother. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's not that she couldn't pull it off. I just, I found it very amusing that she went from, like, one end of the spectrum to the other <laughs> in what felt like a very short amount of time. But yeah. um, she was actually, I thought, a great choice for the fairy godmother. Like, once you actually see her in the movie, I think for anybody who was like me, who was like, eh, this is kind of weird. Once you see her, it's like, oh, no, okay, like this. It makes like, perfect sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It really does, job, because she did but... a great job, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's also like very interesting that the fairy godmother only pops in at this point in the story, and it's like, where were you for like all All the years years. being abused previously? (laughs) Like you could have popped up then. I mean, you're right. I think it it wouldn't fit the story, but yeah, you have to kind of like you can't question certain things with some of these like old classics. But um, yeah, I mean. It would have been nice. In an ideal world, it would have been nice if Fairy Godmother popped up well in advance. But in, for the sake of the story, she pops up when she pops up so that Cinderella can go to the ball and meet the prince. And basically be unrecognized up until <laughs> midnight. That's yeah. the And that's when the whole glass slipper thing happens. Uh, she does meet the prince. The prince does end up liking her even more, which is nice. Good for her, I guess. Um, and then, but because it's midnight and the spell wears off, she has to leave and she leaves the glass slipper behind. And this is where the differences come in because, um, while the king is like persuading this girl to uh, his son to marry, he's like, I don't think we need to look outside our borders, we can find someone here, but I and I want to marry this woman but i won't do it without your blessing kind of thing so there's a lot going on there and then the duke is still scheming behind uh uh the prince's back he i think he even makes a deal with lady tremaine as well doesn't he i think so yeah he like he because i think lady tremaine is trying to figure out if she can get one or both of her daughters um like, good positions in the royal court or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 so it's like less about like them marrying the prince and more just like she having wants them set for secure. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's why I feel like in this version it's a little bit easier to feel more sympathetic for Lady Tremaine than it is yeah. in the animated version because mm-hmm. in the animated version she's just like I want one of them to marry the prince and I want to be mother to a princess and all of that. And yeah. in this one she's like, I think she knows that that's not going to happen, but yep. she's like, if I can do something so that were taken care of for life Mm -hmm. that would be great and so um i think that like minor change and that minor detail is enough at least for me to like feel a little bit more sympathetic to Um, her not entirely but just a little bit (laughs) but yeah no the duke the duke is like um he's like plotting behind the prince's back and he's Mm -hmm. trying to secure alliances and make deals that will also improve his position and oh yeah secure his power in the kingdom and all of that and one Mm. of the things he does is he promises lady tremaine i think um that she'll become a countess something like that yeah yeah if she can like keep ella from meeting the prince again yep the person that he's looking for pretty much yeah yeah i think part of the deal also included like making lady tremaine the head of the royal household and then like finding matches for her daughters yep um and so like once that arrangement is in place lady tremaine starts like actively planning (laughs) to go through with this deal which is again (laughs) very weird but it i think you feel a little bit you you understand her a little bit (laughs) more in this i definitely agree with you when you say that for sure but then, but as you, and she does a, re, she basically finds the glass slipper 
and um, she basically not only does she, uh, she basically hides it from Ella so that Ella doesn't have any yeah. proof of being the other girl the uh, of having the other slipper that's one I think actually she I think I confused portions she finds Ella with the slipper or she finds yep. She figures out that Ella was the one who had attended the ball because she has yep. a slipper, and I think yep. she's the one that makes the deal about being head of the royal household, not with yep. the duke. I, I confuse the two, but she does make a deal with the duke to like become a countess or whatever. Mm-hmm. But once she figures out that Ella was the one dancing with the prince, she's like, "You're gonna make me head of the royal household. You're gonna find husbands for your stepsisters, mm-hmm. and if you do that, I will let you marry the prince." And Ella's like, "I'm not doing it." Yeah. And then I think, unlike the animated version, Lady Tremaine smashes a slipper herself in this one <laughs> um yeah. and that was a twist i didn't see coming because it was like mm-hmm. well what are you gonna do now because <laughs> yeah. the other slipper is not gonna fit either the other sisters mm-hmm. so and the other and the thing is there's uh, yeah exactly but then while they come looking uh she hides ella so that no one can find her and of course the glass slipper doesn't fit any of her daughters uh, and basically the deal was if Ella isn't found ever again the Duke will basically make alliances for them as well that was the whole plan she has backups for backups this woman that's what she's yeah. at, at this point but unfortunately the uh, one of the princes uh, I don't know what to call him but he's like he's a loyal I think he was the captain of the guard. Yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly. I think captain that's of the guard title. is right. Yeah. He's the captain of the guard and he basically does find uh Ella. Uh, he does find Ella and the shoe fits and I like how Ella's like I forgive you and then just leaves. That's it. Yeah. I think also what I liked was like there was a brief moment where, because like in the animated version, Cinderella was locked in her room, but then you yep. know her animal friends get her out, and then yep. the last minute she pops up and she's like, yep. "I'm here," yep. and then they like you know the story progresses. But in this one, it was a little bit more complicated because it seemed yep. for a solid like minute that they were like the prince and yep. his like entourage were just gonna leave without leave, trying yeah. to slip her on her. Yep. Um, but i think whether by chance or fate or whatever you want to call it they hear mm-hmm. ella singing yep. and then the captain of the guard is like we're gonna go figure out who that is the grand duke is like no 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 we checked every woman in this household we don't have time yeah. and then the prince pops up and he's like i'm here i've been disguised yeah. the whole time and you're gonna try the slipper on this woman yeah and then like the story follows more, more or less the same beats the animated yep. version did yep but yeah i i did like that moment where um when the prince meets her in her house ella is just like looking at her step family and she's like i forgive you and just leave oh and also i love how she they talk to each other about this and they're and she's like i will take you uh, if you take me for who i am i'm just a simple girl here uh and then he also says something to the same effect uh that if you will take me as just somebody in this kingdom who, who's trying to do his best, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. They're honest with each other about that, at least. And that's good. Yeah. So, well, again, it's an, like I, like we said, it's not 
it's not I don't think there's new yeah and I think honestly for this particular version of the movie I think it worked they updated a little bit of stuff but they didn't change it so much that it was unrecognizable and I think I mean is it like one of the greatest movies of all time No, no but I think for what Disney was trying to do with it it was good enough Like, could it have been better? Maybe, but it also could have been a lot worse. And I think they managed to find some, like, middle middle ground where it ended up being, like, at least an enjoyable watch, if nothing else. Like, I I wouldn't mind rewatching this movie if I ever needed to or if I was, like, bored or something. Mm. Whereas I think some of the newer (laughs) live actions that Disney has produced, it's like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. What is this? Is correct. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so like we said, it's nothing groundbreakingly new. I think the only groundbreakingly different take on a classic that Disney did was with Maleficent, which I enjoyed very much, actually. And that's something that we can talk about on another podcast. But we are getting into something really cool next week and the week after. Yes, so next week, in honor of Marvel's upcoming film, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, we are going back to the beginning, yes. or at least the beginning of the Ant-Man series. Yep. And we are going to be talking about the original Ant-Man movie, which was a delight. It was so oh much fun. Oh my god, so much fun. Paul Lang's character is great, and Paul Rudd is just... Amazing. Like, yeah, but like he's the perfect casting. I mean, Marvel has been great with their casting, so it's they very have. hard to imagine anybody else play Scott Lang. Absolutely. But yes, I am very much looking forward to that because, yep. again, that movie was just so much fun, and Paul Rudd is just amazing. Amazing. And he's so funny, and yep. yeah. <laughs> I Absolutely. Can't say enough good things about him, Scott Lang. Him, Scott Lang, perfect casting fun movie awesome stuff and we are so excited for quantum mania but also shaking in our boots because mm-hmm. it's not gonna end well looking at the trailer no. we know it's not gonna end well and it's gonna be yeah i don't know, I don't know what to <laughs> it's, say. it's gonna be intense if phase four is anything to go by and the the trailers for quantum mania are anything to go by we're in for it that's all i can say Mm -hmm. at this point you know yeah Yeah. it's gonna be a journey and we may not survive it but we're looking forward to all the same (laughs) yep absolutely so guys, if you're stuck with us this far, we thank you. We really appreciate you. Anyone who's taken time out of their day to listen to us nerd out about this stuff, we 100% appreciate every single one of you. Let us know what you think um, of the whole update situation that we gave you and also Cinderella as this movie. And also, how excited are you for Quantumania? Because we cannot wait. Thank you. We will see you guys next week with Ant-Man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. 
The Nerdy Podcast podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.